welcome, welcome, welcome everybody to the Motivate Podcast Show. I'm your host, Rich Wall Street Williams. And on the Motivate Podcast Show, we always say less, but we definitely want to believe for more. And listen, man, I'm telling you, I have been having an absolute blast with having this conversation about sight versus vision. Sight versus vision. And I'm very excited um, about that particular uh, topic because, you know, to me, vision is the primary reason for human action. You know, I read a scripture uh, a long time ago, Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. It says that uh, without vision, people perish, right? Without vision. Another translation said that without progressive revelation, people cast off restraints. Another translation said that people begin or they live lawlessly without vision. I want you to think about this for a minute. When you have a vision of an, of an expected outcome, you're going to make different decisions, Bram. You're going to make different decisions along the way as it relates to your expected outcome. You're going to make different decisions. You know, I remember um, when I met my wife uh, a number of years ago, uh, my wife and I, we've been married, I said a number of years ago, we got married in uh, 1989. So we've been married 33 and a half years. Go ahead, give it up for me. Oh, wait a minute, I got some clapping here. Let me let me get the chair on. There we go. <laughs> yeah, come on, give it up for me. Actually, give it up for her, right? But so we've been went together 33 and a half years. And I, I remember, though, I remember about two years before I met my wife, I had a dream had a dream. I was at the time, maybe I was 18. Uh, my wife and I, we met when I was 21, I believe. We met when I was 21, two years late. We dated for about two and a half years. Uh, then we got married. Um, but I remember when I was like 18, I had a dream. And in a dream, I remember the girl that I was married to. Now, I didn't see her face, but I just got a vibe, a sense, a, 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 an impression, whatever you want to call it, that she was a different, like no other girl that I've ever met or dated up to that point in time. As a matter of fact, it was so vivid of an impression. I literally thought that I was going to marry a girl from another country, from a different, different nationality. I mean, that's just how strong the impression was. And I remember us walking on the porch from my mother's house. And I remember I had on white and she had on white with a touch of red. And I remember I reached down with my left hand. I grabbed her right hand. As we walked down the three steps from the porch to the sidewalk, we turned right and the sun was shining on the left side of my face. Now, all of this is vivid. I had this when I was 18. I'm 57 now. And I am still reliving that. And I remember walking up the street. I looked down at my left hand that grabbed her right hand and I saw a ring and I knew that I was married. Now, fast forward three and a half some years later, I meet Leslie. As a matter of fact, when we did get married and when we got married, that was five years after I had the dream. Five years after I had the dream. I had on my tuxedo was white, had a red bow tie. Uh, one of those, what do they call that around your waist? Cumberbine, 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 whatever. I don't know. <laughs> she had on a white wedding gown with a touch of red. And it didn't dawn on me until after we were married that I'm like, oh, my goodness, I dreamed this. 
And so that showed me early in life that you can have a dream, you can have a vision that's so vivid that it's going to dictate and it's going to determine your destination. It's going to determine your decision. So we're going to, we're, we're, I've been talking about sight versus vision because, friend, I'm absolutely 110% committed to the, to the idea of helping someone else succeed in life. My mission in life is to get people passionate and excited about things that they cannot see. That's my dream. That's my vision. That's what I want to do. So we get into this conversation about sight versus vision, right? So what is sight? Sight is the faculty or power of seeing. Sight is the power of seeing. Sight is the power of seeing. Sight brings us the information <clears throat> and our vision interprets it. Sight brings you the information. See, understand this, friend, that we see through our eyes, and we don't really see with our eyes. We see through our eyes, but we don't really see with our eyes. What does that mean? So I was, uh, last month, as I was reading information and getting ready to have this conversation this month on vision, I read an article that talked about the eye uh, being trichromatic, I think it was the term. And if I'm saying it wrong or pronouncing it wrong there's so many people that have that that are uh and experts in that area just share it in the comments below uh what it is right and that's three colors primary trichromatic i believe is what the word was three colors red green and blue i believe right and so the eye itself interprets about a hundred a few hundred shades of color right color light shades of color and light the brain interprets thousands maybe millions different shades and color. So that showed me that we see through our eyes, we're not really seeing with our eyes, but we're seeing with our mind. We are seeing with our brain. So that's why I said sight brings us the information. Our eyes bring us the information. Our brain is going to interpret it. Now here's the beautiful thing about that interpretation that the brain does is that this interpretation by the brain, right, is based upon information that we feed it. So your brain is a supercomputer. The brain is a supercomputer. The brain is a supercomputer. Data in, data out. Whatever you put in the brain, whatever you put in your mind, that's what the mind is going to produce in your life. Here's a reality, friend, that whatever it is that's happening in your life today, whatever is existing in your life today, understand this, that it's existing there because I invited it in. Okay. All right. So let me say this. Let me say this, because I just jump in, I start saying stuff and, and people hear it based upon where they are. But let me be very careful with these next set of words. Everyone now leans in, right? Let me be very careful with these next set of words. I am not saying that if you were abused in life, it's your fault. Hear me? Good, friend. That's not what I'm saying. When I say you invited into your life, I am not saying. That a man or a woman that have been in an abusive relationship or a child that was molested, um, a young child that was molested, I'm not saying that is your fault. That is not what I'm saying right now. What I am saying is once we get to a level of accountability, and we get information, knowledge then kicks in. See, if someone told me before that knowledge is power, and then you know what? It's not necessarily true. Knowledge in and of itself isn't power. Knowledge in and of itself isn't power. It is the concerted effort and decision to act on that information that's going to unlock the power 
that's in that knowledge. See, education without application is worse than having no education at all, friend. Education without application, without acting on that information. Listen, it's just like faith. You know, the Bible says in Hebrews 11 and 1, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. But there is a hearing and believing side of it, and then there is an action side of it. I just can't hear, 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 hear alone and not have a manifestation or a demonstration or revelation on what I'm hearing. I got to make a concerted effort and decision that I'm going to act on that information. Think about this from the scripture, the word, the word, the Bible. Some may embrace it, some may not, as and as it relates to this platform, because this platform that I'm on, Motivated Podcast Show, it goes out to everybody. And everyone that necessarily believe the way that I believe, and that's okay, right? I'm just talking about what I believe, the word in and of itself, the Bible does not have the power to impact and change lives. Now, by itself, I got to make a concert, a concerted effort and decision to read, understand, and then apply what I am learning. Does that make sense? Listen, just because you get a degree from any college university doesn't mean you're going to be at the top in your career field. It doesn't mean you're going to be the top in your vocation. Right. It, it, it What it means is now I've I demonstrated the ability to pass a series of tests that position me right now. Right. That I get a college degree from a university. That degree in and of itself is not going to impact and change my life. Not by itself. I have to make a concerted effort and or decision to act on that information that's going to impact my life. I get a degree um, in biology. I got to make a concerted decision to act on the information as it relates to being a biologist. Right. I got a, de- I got a business degree. That degree in and of itself didn't make a difference. By itself, you know, friend, and we're talking about sight and vision. I've got to understand you. I want you to I'm taking you on a journey with me today uh, about this sight and vision, why I'm passionate about vision and why I'm passionate about having these kind of conversations with you about vision. I want right now, friend, I want you to pretend that it's just you and I talking right now. It's just you and I. We're just having a casual conversation between friends. Let me let me tell you this, friend. You can make the difference in your life right now. You can make the difference in your family right now. You can make the difference in your company right now. You can make the difference in your community right now. You can make the difference. I remember going back to school. I started out, I started out as a manufacturer in a manufacturing environment. My, my dad and his dad were blue-collar workers. And so I've inherited the blue-collar worker. Uh, uh, mindset, whatever, whatever you want to call it. I'm working in the manufacturing. I enrolled into a um, CNC uh, apprenticeship program. CNC means computer numerical control operator, highly skilled machinist, right? It was four years, 8,000 hours of training to become a certified uh, numerical control operator or a highly skilled machinist. I remember part of the training, I had Department of Defense clearance, I had Department of Energy clearance, because most of the work that I was working on were nuclear uh, nuclear uh, components of naval ships and attack submarines. So I had to have defensive Department of Defense clearance, Department of Energy clearance to work on these uh, parts that were large. 
And so I'm going, I'm going through this, just stay with me on this journey. I'm going through this, these classes, right? Now, I wasn't that good in school, <laughs> right? I, my thing was sports. I played sports. I played football. I played basketball. I tried volleyball for one year, and I realized, okay, this is not really my thing, right? I ran track uh, in, in school. Um, when I graduated from high school, I had a partial scholarship to play basketball for a Division II school. I turned it down because I'm a blue-collar worker. That's not what we do. I'm going to work in the factory. 4,000, I mean, uh, four years, 8,000 hours to become a CNC operator. I remember about two and a half years into this process, it's time for an evaluation with a supervisor. His name was Barney. Barney called me into his office. I sat down. I was expecting Barney to say something like this. Hey, Rich, we don't know what we would have done without you. Young man, you seem to be a bright and shining star. We've never seen anyone work like this before. We've never seen it. That's what I was expecting him to say. Here's what he said to me in that interview. Based, I'm summarizing it now for sake of converse, for sake of time. He said, you seem to be the most incompetent person I've ever met. Oh, friend. A warm, hot, no, it wasn't warm. A hot blade pierced me with those words. Incompetent 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 those words were so heavy that when i got home that day i worked third shift he we did evaluation somewhere around 7 30 in the morning i got home a little after eight devastated by those words i've never had anyone say that i was incompetent before i always i was good in sports i was ranked two in my area when i when i Ran track, I did the high jump. I was ranked two in the county. The guy who was ranked number one was on, he and I was in the same school. So he and I competed often for first and second place. Right? Basketball, always won. Always was, you know, was the guy that people wanted to pick to be on their team. Hey, I'll take that big guy. You know, I'm 6'1", I'm 203 pounds. Back then, when you play basketball, if you're six one, you're a big guy. Today, big guy is a whole nother level, right? <laughs> right? Always win. Did well in school as relates to sports. You're incompetent. Those words created a different vision in my mind about myself. I got home from work and I cried like a baby, man. I sat on the steps. And Who's laughing? I don't know. <laughs> a grown man crying, right? But I made a decision. I said, never again would anyone say that Richard Williams is incompetent. I went on afterwards, and then I went to uh, business school, went to college to get a degree in business. And I remember the first day I walked into the library, I wrote on the chalkboard, information is the difference between success and failure. Why did I do that? Because in my mind, I said, no one would ever say that Richard was incompetent. So I wrote on the chalkboard, information is the difference between success and failure. I knew that if I, if I was going to be successful in getting this degree in business and then going on to launching businesses, right? I knew that I had to apply this information. Education plus application makes all the difference in the world. But I had a vision 
for my success, right? I had a vision. I had to start thinking differently. I had to start seeing things differently. That brings me to today about the sight versus vision. Sight is the lens of the eyes. Vision is the lens of the brain. Vision is the lens of the mind, of the human imagination. Friend, if you can, if you can see it, you can be it. If you can see it, you can be it. If you can see it on the on the canvas of your imagination. Can we do a canvas imagination exercise? Of course we can. You may be watching this live or with me right now, or you're going to be watching this at some point later on, on, on the YouTube channel or Facebook or wherever. I want you to just pause whatever you're doing right now, and I want you to visualize your success. I want you to see that success, right? I want you to close your eyes. I want you to see your success. Visualization, it's important. Open your eyes. We didn't have time to do it for long, but vision, friend, is the ability to think about a plan the future with imagination and with wisdom. That's what vision is. See, because without vision for life, without vision for life, we function as a ship without a rudder, actively moving, but without a certain destination, without vision, ship without a rudder, actively moving without a destination. Let's have a destination for where we're going. Friend, you got to see your success long before you be your success. I know grammatically that doesn't, that's not correct, but I think you get the point. You got to see it long before you be it. Because here's what I know, that if I can hold my success in my mind, eventually I'm going to hold my success in my hand. If I can hold it in my mind, I eventually will hold it in my hand. I made a few if-then statements a few weeks ago, which bear some of them bear to be repeated. You know, one of the if-then statements that I made said that if sight is limited, then vision must be unlimited. If sight is limited, then vision must be unlimited. Here's another statement that I made. Sight is, if sight is reactive, then vision must be proactive. If-then statement. If sight is the lens of the eyes, and then vision, my friend, must be the lens for the brain or the mind or or human imagination. Vision will connect your present to your future. Vision will connect your present to your future. See, it's not important what happened to me as much as what's happening in me because that's going to determine what happens through me. It doesn't matter what happened to me. Now, again, I said this earlier, I'm not making light of anyone that have experienced a tough time, a challenging time, because all of us experience tough times. All of us on some level experience challenging time. Listen, I read a scripture says that a weapon, Isaiah chapter 54, I think somewhere around verse 17, that weapons are formed, but they don't have to prosper. Weapons are formed against us, but they don't have to prosper. Weapons are formed. Haters are confused fans. <laughs> Haters are motivators, right? So I'm just taking you through this journey of this vision. Vision will be a voice that will invite you into your future life.
vision is a voice that will invite you into your future life. Years ago, I'm sitting in my home and uh, back and we lived on Edison Street in York, Pennsylvania. As a matter of fact, the address was 1250 Edison Street, York, Pennsylvania. For my friends that are seeing this and you live in York, drive down Edison Street. It's on the east end, east end of town. 1250, right there in a, there's a corner house. There's a small garage behind it, 1250 Edison Street. I remember during that time, we were having some tough times, my wife and I, financially, tough times, challenging times. My son at the time was a couple years old. And the times were so challenging that we were eating tuna noodle casserole for dinner because it was inexpensively inexpensive to buy and make. And we also, on occasion, would have fruit-flavored oatmeal. And I'll never forget one time, we're sitting down, my son is sitting in his spot, and my wife and I were sitting at the table, and we're, we're about ready to have another bowl of eat, uh, oatmeal for dinner. And my son goes, oh, I hate oatmeal. <laughs> he said, Daddy, I hate oatmeal. Why did he say that? Kids supposed to love oatmeal. He was having oatmeal so much, oatmeal for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I hate oatmeal, Daddy. I hate oatmeal. That cut me. Again, a hot knife. But it was during those times, friend, that I had a vision. I heard a voice. And it was a voice of wealth calling me. I'll never forget. It was about 10, 15 p.m. My wife and I are sitting in the kitchen. And, 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 and we are coming in agreement. And we're having a conversation. Despite the financial challenge, we're talking about better days. Listen. Oh, my goodness. Your language will locate you and determine the height and the level of your success. Your language will locate you. The words that come out of your mouth, they will locate you and they will help determine the height and the level of your success. I never talk about failing when I want to win. It's contradictive. It doesn't work. Failing, losing and winning is, isn't, it isn't in the same conversation. We're talking about women financially that all of a sudden I hear the voice of wealth call me. Now you call, you people look at this, you hear this, you say whatever you want to say about it. I'm telling you what I know. The hairs, the hairs on the back of my neck stood up. Somebody needs to hear, understand that you can talk about success while you're in an unsuccessful environment. You could talk about winning while you're losing. You could talk about being on the top. While you're on the bottom, you can talk about being the head while you're still the tail wagging. <laughs> but you got to have a vision because it's a voice that will invite you into the future. So let's evaluate this moving forward process. And it begins by you and I asking ourselves three questions. If we're going to move forward successfully, we're going, to we're going to create a vision for our life. Now, we got to look back momentarily. Now, we're not looking back to dwell on the past because I just said that language locates you and the way you talk about past situations. If I'm always talking about what I didn't like in the past, I'm creating that manifestation in my present. If I can hold it in my mind, eventually I'm going to hold it in my hand. I don't want to hold losing. I, I don't want to hold failure. I don't want to hold financial lack. I, I don't want to hold sickness and disease in my hand. So I don't talk about it. I don't focus on it. COVID was a beast. COVID was a beast. It's a force 
to be reckoned with. And I'm not making light of COVID. And then I took the precautions. I got the booster shot. I'm not afraid. Oh, I wasn't scared. <laughs> I got the booster shot. No, I prayed. We came in agreement. Let's get the shot. But I, you know, prior to COVID, I was doing things like, you know, they say washing your hands. I mean, you mean slim? You weren't washing your hands before COVID? <laughs> you know, you see little videos coming out, people washing their hands. You know, before COVID, people wash their hands like this. They go went on. During COVID, they wash their hands like this. 65 minutes washing your hands. What are you preparing for? Some special surgeries? Physicians, surgeons don't even wash their hands 65 minutes. Okay, I'm having fun, but you understand the point. COVID was a beast. I didn't talk about my fear of COVID. I always talked about overcoming COVID. Now, listen, we all go through tough times and challenging times. Listen, I had a brother. The beginning of this year, January 2022, my brother died. COVID symptoms. Two weeks later, I had a cousin died. COVID symptoms. So I'm not making light of it. I've seen family members be attacked by COVID, but I'm just talking about rich right now. There was a decision that I made. There was a decision that I made about my health. My language was about my health, getting the information, doing the things that I need to do. But let's look back for a minute. There are three questions. As you begin to build a vision for your life, for your business, for your family, for your ministry, whatever it is that you're building a vision for, I believe there are three questions that you need to ask yourself in 2022 as you prepare to launch in 2023. The first question is I want you, I encourage you to ask yourself is what did I do, create or experience this year that I'm really proud of? What happened in 2022 that that or an experience that you created or you were a part of that you're really happy with? You're really happy with the results, the impact, etc. The second question, friend, I want you to ask yourself is what mistakes did I make that taught me something? Now, this is not an opportunity to focus on negative situation. We all have tough times. We all experience on some level challenging times. Weapons are formed, but they don't have to prosper. What mistakes did I make in 2022 that taught me something? So you don't lose, you get lessons in life. And the reason why it's a lesson, because it taught you something if you will let it. Now, this is not an invitation for hardship. This is not an invitation to look for tragedy or calamity. That's not what this is. This is saying that in life, you and I, friend, we're going to experience some challenges. The key is that the challenge doesn't have to overcome us. It doesn't have to overtake us. So what mistakes did I make that taught me something in 2022? And the third question now, this is a really good question to ask yourself if you're creating a winning vision for 2023 is, what stories have I been telling myself that I'm willing to let go of? For example, I'm not good enough. I'm not tall enough. The, the color of my skin, they're not going to let someone with my skin color in the room. Okay then own your own room. Then I'll let you in the room. Okay, create a room. I'm going to create a room. Or maybe that's not the room for me. You know, years ago, my wife and I, 1998, we started Williams Carpet Cleaning Concierge Services. 
Williams Carpet Cleaning Concierge Services actually started in 1997. Uh, got into 1998, first year in business. We had $783 in sales. First year in business, $783 in sales. Our expenses were $3,838. Um, $3, expenses. So we spent five times the amount that we made. Thank God my wife is still working a job. I was unemployed. <laughs> Doing side hustles. Second year, we went from not making money to doing five, six, seven, and it got as high as $10,000 a month. They got to understand something, friend. Back in 1998, to be making seven, $8,000 a month, woo, baby. You know, I looked it up on a uh, salary calculator. In 1998, $10,000 was equivalent to today's money around 25000 so today, that's like doing $20,000, $30,000 a month, <laughs> right? I remember, the reason why I'm telling you this is because you, I said about color of my skin being in certain rooms. I will never forget, I'm going to this house. I called a lady. I set an appointment to go because we did carpet cleaning. We started out as carpet cleaning. Then we expanded into executive house cleaning services, lawn mowing, snow removal, et cetera, landscaping. We, that's how we grew the business. And so I called a lady, I talked to her on the phone, set the appointment. Great, ma'am, I'll be there nine o'clock Monday. She said, okay. And I just called her that morning. I'm on my way. Got loaded the van up, boom, drove to the neighborhood, knocked on the door. As I'm driving, walking up the driveway, I see the Venetian blinds click open and then they slowly go shut. I knock on the door. Now I'm thinking to myself, I know somebody's home. I saw the blinds open up. I knock again. Hello, Rich Williams here from Williams Carpet Cleaning Concierge Services. Nothing. After what seems like an eternity, I'm standing outside hoping someone opened the door. I know you were home. I just called you 20 minutes ago. I go back to my van. I'm driving down the street. I'm looking at the neighborhood that I'm in, this affluent neighborhood. And I realized the person didn't open the door because of the color of my skin. That wasn't the right room for me. That wasn't the right room for me. So guess what I did? I created my own room. Next thing you know, we're doing a one or $2 million mansion. The lady hired us. The only thing we were doing was just six bathrooms in this house. They had two bathrooms on every floor, first floor, second floor, and the third floor. It was a big house to me back in those days. $2 million home back in 1998 is equivalent to a six or $7 million home today. She hired, she loved us, treated us well. I've never been in a home where there's two kitchens on the first floor. <laughs> right? That was the right room. She paid us like, I don't know what it was, $200. Took us like two hours to clean the sixth bathroom and she loved it. She loved it. Treated us well. Treated us well. It wasn't the right room. But what stories have I been telling myself that I'm willing to let go of? Maybe these, there were stories I was telling myself that prevented me from going in the room. And when I started telling myself different stories, I got into different rooms. I'm just, I don't know. I'm just saying. Just saying. What are you going to do about it? 
You gotta make a decision, friend. It's your life, your success. There are people attached to you that are waiting for you to get to the next level so you can pull them up. See, to me, going to the next level is not only pat myself on the back and say, yeah, I'm here, six, seven figures. I have arrived. No, I want to bring someone else along for the ride. How many people, I'm looking now, how many people can I take with me? I'm looking now. Are you the one? <laughs> I'm looking right now, how many people, my desire over the next three years to impact the lives of a million sales professionals, small business owners, and entrepreneurs. That's my desire. How are you going to help them? I don't, I just... I created a page. I, I posted a page, Momentum 100X. I want to create a group, a family of sales professionals, small business owners, and entrepreneurs across the U.S., around the world in one group. And the whole purpose of the group is to share motivational videos and inspiration and tips and techniques to help them grow and win. What's the cost? Free. Because of the vision, the impact. You raise the lives of others. And you're going to raise the value for you. See, people find value. You shouldn't find value in what you do. You should find value in who you are. Let me say that again. You shouldn't find value in what you do. You should find value in who you are. Because if I find value in what I do, the minute I stop doing that, or I'm not doing it on the level that I think I should be doing it, that thing that I that thing that I'm doing is now determining it's determining my value. So I don't find value in what I do. I find value in who I am. And see, when you become bigger on the inside, when you become better on the inside, it's going to make a demand for you to be bigger on the outside. But you got to get better on the inside. I got to work on me. Vision is one way of doing that. What am I saying? You got to have a clearly defined vision for your success. Clearly defined vision for your success. So you have a clear vision. Go to the end of next year. What do you see? Create the vision. Create vision reminders along the way. Only talk about what you see. Only talk about what you see. Friend, that's how we're going to get there. That's how we're going to get there. Vision is more important than sight. Sight allows you to see what's in front of you, while vision shows you what's up ahead. To me, that's like driving at night. My headlights, your headlights will only shine 50, maybe 100 yards in front of you. And so our progress when driving at night is based upon the strength and or the quality of our headlights. Whereas vision or the GPS OnStar Waze, whatever you're using, your navigator, it's not based upon the 50 or 100 yards of your headlights. Your GPS, your navigator is getting information for your drive your journey from a higher vantage point it's up high in many cases the gps is is relying on uh satellites that are circling the earth hundreds of miles above the earth beaming down instructions and direction see vision is hundreds of miles hundreds of miles beyond where you are 
but it's showing you the end destination. You look at your map when you're navigating. When you look on that navigator, it shows you where you are and it shows you where you're going to end up at. It'll end up at. It'll tell you how long. It'll tell you how many miles. And it'll count down along the way. The timing will decrease along the way. You got 60 minutes to get here. You're going to drive 75 miles. It's going to take you 60 minutes to get there. And while you're moving towards your destination, time is decreasing. Distance is decreasing. And while you are locked into your vision, friend, while you are locked into your GPS, your navigator, and you're focused on one 50-yard drive at a time, when you look up, you're at your destination. But if I don't have a navigator, if I don't have a GPS, if I don't have vision, I'm like a ship without a rudder, actively moving, but no real destination. Hey, friend, I don't know about you, but I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation today on vision. Because sight allows us to see with our eyes. Vision allows us to see through our eyes and beyond. I appreciate you uh, um, spending some time with me today on the Motivate Podcast Show. I'm your host, Rich Wall Street Williams. On the Motivate Podcast Show, we always say less, but we definitely, definitely believe for more. I'll see you.